Good morning. Good morning, good morning. I am not Pastor Tony. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Dean Woolley. I'm one of the elders here. Um, I, have the, I have the privilege of getting to oversee our house churches. And once a year we... Once a year we set aside a Sunday to talk about house churches, to encourage you about house churches. And so when, when Pastor Tony called me or sent me a text uh, six or eight weeks ago to remind me that this was coming up, um, you know, I went seeking the Lord. said, okay, God, you know, what do you want me to talk about? You know, I've talked about house churches here for, you know, six or seven, eight years probably. Um, and the, the, the one word I got was legacy. So I thought it was really interesting <laughs> this morning I was sharing with Tony what I was going to talk about. And I thought it was really interesting that he was sharing that, you know, that slide. And we hadn't talked about this. And that he was sharing that information about the foundation and the legacy that we have here in Melbourne. You know, um, to me it's really cool how God works. You know, how God ties things together. Um, before I start, let pray with me, please. God, I pray that, that the, the words I speak, God, would be only the words that you would have me speak, Lord, that the things that your, your people hear, Lord, are only the things that you would have them hear, Lord. I pray that this message would go touch hearts uh, and be impactful. Thank you for this time. Thank you for the opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. So I titled my, my sermon, Cookie Crumbs. Good cookies, too. Um, so this morning, what I want to talk to you about, I want to talk about legacy. I want to talk about cookies. And I want to talk about house churches. Okay, <laughs> hopefully you'll see how this ties together. Um, when you go out on your computers, and most of us probably really love this, you go out on your computer, you go visit, go to a website, and one of the settings in your browser is to accept cookies from the websites, right? And let's put aside the privacy concerns and issues that people have with that for now. That's not what I'm talking about. But the fact that the websites put a small file on your computer called a cookie that identifies your computer so that the next time you visit that website, the next time you start typing in that web address in your browser, it auto, you know, auto-fills the, the website. Um, Basically, it's a, a thing that says from, the, from your computer to the website, hey, remember me? I was here before. You've seen me before. You've heard from me before. And again, I know people hate the privacy thing, but just ignore that for now. <laughs> from a human standpoint, we'd call it leaving a legacy. Uh, you know, 
Our legacy is what we'll be remembered for in years to come. You know, we all leave legacies. We all leave cookie crumbs. You know, about for generations to come. That last for generations, potentially. That say, hey, remember me. What do you remember about me? You know, as Christian parents and Christian grandparents, we have a special responsibility to leave a legacy, to leave cookie crumbs for our children and our grandchildren that say, not only remember me, but remember Jesus. And that's the ultimate legacy we want to leave behind, is for our, for our children and our grandchildren. And the, not only our children and grandchildren, but everybody we encounter to take that from us, to remember Jesus. Uh, bring up that first slide. Deuteron- this is from Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. This is probably familiar to most of us. Uh, I think the, the term is the Shema. I think, that's the, I think that's the right way to pronounce it. Listen, Israel. Pay attention. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These words that I am giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Seems pretty significant. Seems like there's a lot of times that we should be sharing and talking about and loving God. Loving Jesus. In Mark 12, when one of the teachers of the law came to Jesus and asked what was the most important commandment, Jesus responded with this. Right? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And then Jesus added, and oh, by the way, love other people. Love others. clearly, we ought to be paying attention to this, right? Those words at the beginning of the Shema that say, listen Israel, that was a call to the people to pay attention, hear what I'm saying. You know, going back to talking about a legacy and leaving, leaving behind for our children, Ephesians 22.6 says, Start children off in the way they should go, and even when they're old, they will not turn from it. And if you don't have children, if you don't have grandchildren, if you're a a youth, a student, um, guess what? It doesn't matter. You're not off the hook. This still applies to you. You leave a legacy, you leave those cookie crumbs to the people you interact with, whether it's in in school, um, in your job, in your house church, the grocery store, the gym, right? 
everybody we interact with, we potentially leave something with them. So the question we have to ask ourselves is what legacy am I actually leaving? What am I actually leaving? Not what do I intend to leave? Because we all have really good intentions to represent Jesus well, to show other people love. You know, we all have really good intentions to do that, but are we actually doing it? Because that's the legacy you have to leave behind. Is, and that's what people see is, what do we actually do? They don't see our intentions necessarily. What will you leave behind that will make a difference in somebody's life? Am I leaving a positive legacy? Or am I leaving a negative legacy? You think about that? You know you can leave a negative legacy? Um, is my legacy pointing people to Jesus? My legacy about loving God and loving others? Because those were the things Jesus said were most important. At a funeral many years ago, I don't know, it was probably 10 or 12 years ago now, uh, it was for a, one of my in-law's parents, I think. Um, the minister speaking at the graveside said something, and it stuck with me for, for all these years. And I don't, it was something, I don't know, remember the words exactly. I do have it written down somewhere. Um, but his, his, the words he spoke was something to this effect. This gathering of people at this time and in this place is unique in history. It may, this group of people, you know, the 120, 130 of us that are in this room today, may never gather together again, the same group of people. Plus we have the people watching online, right? So we may never see this gathering of people again. Um, so every time we meet someone, again, whether it's in our in our workplace, in our schools, in our, in our, you know, in our homes, in our house churches, in our church, <clears throat> you leave something with them. Again, what legacy are you choosing to leave? Is it positive or negative? Does it point people to Jesus? Is it about loving God and about loving others? You know, we don't get to decide whether or not we leave a legacy, meaning, I don't know if tomorrow you'll remember anything I said or not. You know, likely a fair percentage not. So, you know, those interactions, that legacy that we want to leave, that we actually leave for people, it's up to them whether, whether they accept it or not, whether they see that legacy. I want to leave a good legacy. I want to leave a positive legacy. I want to leave a legacy about loving God and loving Jesus, loving others. But I'm not the one who gets to decide that. You are. Again, <clears throat> we only get to decide what kind of legacy we'll leave if people do remember. Again, what will it be? Positive? Negative? Will it point to Jesus? Will it point to loving God? 
point to loving others. That minister I mentioned a minute ago at the graveside, I don't know his name, never saw him again, don't have any idea who he is, but he left something in me. Okay? Um, let me go back to technology for a minute. And this one might tweak some people's noses. And I'd say I'm sorry, but I'm not. Um, you know, we need to be particularly careful as Christians about our digital legacy, our digital footprint. Um, it's likely much bigger and will last a lot longer than our in-person interactions. You know, with personal interaction, I think we're all pretty aware that there's, there's a lot of people that watch us, you know, watch Christians to see, are they, are they walking their talk? You know, you say you're a Christian, are you living, are you living like a Christian? Are you walking out those values? Are you walking out those principles as a Christian? Are you loving people? Um, well, guess what? They're watching us on social media as well. Um, now, I'll admit, you'll be hard-pressed to find me if you go out on, on any social media, the many, many social media apps that are out there, you'd be hard-pressed to find me. I'm not a big social media guy. Um, when my kids were teenagers, when they were at home, and, you know, that was in my purview to oversee what they were doing and where they were, you know, interacting with people on social media. Yeah, I was out there. I was monitoring their stuff. They knew I was. Um, you know, I set up their account, so I had their passwords. <laughs> and and they, they knew that. And, you know, I repeatedly told them, hey, I'm going out there periodically and checking your stuff out. Um, and it wasn't because I was wanting to spy on my kids or anything else. It was because I wanted to protect my kids. Um, but I have to tell you, since my kids are gone, they've grown, and they're out on their own, and they're married, um, I don't do that anymore. Um, they have their own passwords. They figured out how to get around Dad. Um, but... I still go out there occasionally and poke around and frankly, I've been stunned and as a Christian, I've been ashamed at some of the things I've seen posted out there by people that I know profess to be Christians. And again, this is just my story. This is just, you know, this is just what, I'm, what I've seen. For some reason, it seems like you know, the internet emboldens us to say things that we wouldn't say to people face-to-face -face or to post pictures we wouldn't go show somebody in person. Um, again, this is just Dean's view of the world. You know, add to the fact that when I post something on social media, that legacy that I'm putting out there, that footprint that I'm leaving is going to be there for a long time. 
You know, you may go back 10 minutes after you post it and say, oh, what an idiot. I shouldn't have posted something like that. I shouldn't have said that. Well, 10 minutes is probably too long. Somebody's copied it, reposted it, retweeted it. You know, just be aware. Just be aware. Um, and when we put stuff out on social media, there isn't any, there's no physical clues. There's no facial expression. You know, there's no tone that you can put out there to kind of, you know, um, moderate what you're trying to say, what you're trying to put out there. Um, you know, maybe, you know, the all caps or the emojis or emoticons, <laughs> but, you know, those don't communicate real well. Um, what kind of legacy are you leaving on social media? Is it positive or negative? Is it pointing to Jesus? Is it encouraging people to love God and to love others? Just a, just a thought. Um, you know, part of what Pastor Tony has been teaching over the last few months from John's Gospel has been about being sons and daughters and heirs in God's family. <clears throat> Paul talks about it in Galatians as well. Put up the next slide from Galatians. This is from Galatians 4, verses 4 through 7. But when the set time had come fully, fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, you are God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. What a great position. <laughs> I think, um, you know, as, as I was reflecting on, on this and on, on legacy and the legacy as a child of God, you know, I think the, the legacy that my parents passed down to me and my siblings has made me sort of understand, you know, being part of a love, you know, being part of a loving family really means. Um, and I know this isn't everybody's experience, uh, but this is my experience. This is my, part of my testimony. Let me give you a quick view of the legacy from my parents. I'm the seventh of eight kids. Um, Denise Uberbacher is the sixth of eight kids, my sister. Um, you know, my dad worked most of my childhood. I, don't, I honestly don't remember dad being home a lot because he worked two jobs to, to make ends meet with eight kids. Um, some people would have said we were poor. I didn't know it. We always had food, we always had clothes, we always had a house. Were they always the nicest? No, but we always had food, we always had clothes. We went to church every Sunday as a family. I had to laugh on Tuesday night, I was here 
with, at band practice with the, with the band helping him. I was doing sound for the band practice. And Jeremiah was talking about, you know, bringing his whole family in, you know, to church and filling up a whole row. And I had to laugh because it made me think of, you know, when I was a kid, you know, the 10 of us all, all dressed in our nice Sunday clothes. We were a Catholic, a Catholic church. You know, we'd walk in and we'd have to find a whole pew to fill up. You know, we'd have to find a whole pew to find, be able to sit us all. Um, so I just thought it was funny because Jeremiah was talking about that the other night. Um, mom and dad, when my mom passed away in, in 2015, mom and dad had been married for 64 years. And then three years later, my dad passed away in 2017. And in both cases, as my siblings and I got to gather together to plan their memorial services, you know, we're, of course, we're, you know, we're talking about mom and dad and um, none of us could, could recall my parents being negative, you know, speaking negatively about other people. Now, they probably did, but they never did it in front of us kids. So the legacy my parents left me was very positive, you know, to be positive about other people and always speak positively about others. Now, mom and dad weren't perfect. You know, they made mistakes. We fought and argued, my, you know, some of my brothers had, had issues as they were growing up, and, um, but I never, ever doubted that my parents loved me, you know, I knew what it meant to be loved. Mom and dad left us a godly legacy to pass on. Now, Connie and I have worked hard, my wife, Connie, and I have worked really hard at passing this on to our girls, Jennifer and Allison. And Jennifer and Allison are uh, 28 and 30, or soon to be 30. Um, and, and we worked hard as the kids were growing up to pass that legacy from my parents, that godly legacy, to my kids. And even to their friends that spent a lot of time at our house as my kids were growing up. Um, and now as the kids, as the girls are both grown and married, you know, we continue working at passing that legacy, that godly legacy onto our, onto our, to them and to their spouses, who are both really great Christian young men. <clears throat> um, on Christmas Day, our family was gathered together, our house, our house for most of the day. We had a great day of, you know, presents and, of course, food and more food and desserts and more food. And as everybody was starting to leave, Jennifer told us, my oldest told us, they were expecting their first child. <laughs> so it would be our, <clears throat> excuse me, our first grandchild in August. Um, Wow, talk about a great Christmas present. <laughs> now, let me go on a little rabbit trail here. Just bear with me here for a minute. Connie, of course, is my, my wife is a mother who was dying to be a grandmother. <laughs> Jennifer told us, said, you can't tell anybody. We're like, what? <laughs> 
she said, well, you got to, you know, we just found out, you got to wait till I have my first doctor's appointment, about three weeks in January, and mid-January. Okay, well, can we at least tell Aunt Denise? She said, yeah, you can tell Aunt Denise. So, three weeks went by, and Jennifer went to her doctor's appointment, everything was good, got the ultrasound, had the first ultrasound pictures. We went out to dinner that night to celebrate, and all the, with Jennifer and, and David and Allison and Nikki, and uh, Jennifer said, but you still can't tell anybody. <laughs> and Connie's, of course, Connie's just, you know, she's jumping up and down, she's wanting to tell the world, and, uh, but then finally, about three weeks later, Jennifer said, or two weeks later, Jennifer said, okay, now you can tell everybody, so, so um, it's really an exciting time for us, but, you know, now we get another responsibility of passing that legacy onto our grandchildren. Now, as I said, I know I have been very, very, very blessed. I am a blessed man to have the life I've had growing up in a Christian home with great parents. And I'll even admit, wow, this is on camera. I don't know if I want to admit this. My siblings are pretty awesome, too. Um, I get to, I, I have the, we have a really good relationship. I get to get together with five of, five of us, five of us eight. We get together once a month just to catch up, you know, because we don't really see each other. I see Denise and John, you know, we see them fairly often because we go to church together and they're in our house church and, um, we go on vacations together and stuff, but I don't see my other brothers and sisters that much. Just, I mean, we live locally, but, but once a month we get together and just hang out and get to talk about what's going on. And, and again, I know, you know, that's unique and special. And I know it's not everybody's experience. And for some of you, I know this makes it, you know, probably difficult to relate to. But this is my experience. And that's what I'm sharing with you, is that godly legacy, you know, talking about legacy and the godly legacy that was passed down to me and that I get to pass down to my children and my grandchildren now and encourage you to be thinking about that regardless of whether you can relate to my story or not, you still have that responsibility, that same responsibility to pass the godly legacy to the people you interact with. Uh, that legacy talked about in Deuteronomy and that, and that Jesus reiterated. Love God and love others. Now many people think that in order to change the world, you have to be famous or to be remembered or to be celebrated that we have to be star athletes or people have people shouting your name in some big auditorium. But maybe God's plan for you and the legacy that you leave behind is to be the best mom, to be the best dad, to be the best husband or wife, mechanic, engineer, teacher, and student that you can be. What if God's plan for you is to break a cycle of addiction or abuse that exists in your home 
and your family. Set a new course for future generations. To be hope to the hopeless. Um, To love someone that others might consider unlovable. Remember, the heart of it is loving God and loving others. That's the legacy that we need to be striving for. Now, earlier I talked about how we leave, you know, we have all have the potential for leaving a legacy. Again, whether people choose to remember it or not, that's not up to me. But we all have the opportunity, we have that potential, and one of the places we can impact and impart that legacy is in our house churches. Um, being in a house church gives me an opportunity to share what God's done in my life. It gives me an opportunity to, to share the things that God is showing me, to um, share how I, I see God moving in the day-to-day. It gives me a chance to love God. It gives me a chance to love others. So our model for house churches, bring up that next slide, from the one from Ephesians. This is our the model we use for house churches uh, is out of Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up till we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So our house churches are about are about encountering God, about building community, growing in spiritual maturity, and fulfilling our, our, the purpose God designed us for. We all have different gifts. We all have different abilities. We all have different callings. And we each have a role in, in building the church. And we each have a role and a potential for leaving a legacy, for leaving those cookie crumbs for other people to, to find their way to loving God and to loving other people. You know, one of the things that, a couple of things that we, we really focus on with house churches is for, for folks to learn and grow into the giftings that God's given them. And you can do it in a, in a small group with, you know, depending on the group you're in, 10 or 20 people, you know, to share the gifts that you have. Maybe practice them in a safe place. Um, it gives us an opportunity to pray together, pray for and with each other. Um, you know, to know there's people that are lifting your, your request before God. 
and I, I got to share this. This was because this was real, real fresh. Is that last we had a house church a week and a half ago? Um, we prayed for for several several people needed jobs. Several people have gotten jobs. Um, one of the one of the ladies in our group asked for for prayer for just for for her mom and encouragement and and healing and her mom's doing great doing much better god's working you know god's so faithful and good and seeing you know one of the things i always ask my group at least is what have you seen god doing you know how have you seen god answering prayer you know we take those requests and we look back at them and say okay what god what god do here because it builds our faith to hear how God is answering prayer. Um, one, of the other, one of the other pieces that I wanted to highlight for house churches is Galatians 6.2 says, Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So we care for each other's needs. You know, if, if we're caring for each other's needs and fulfilling the law of Christ... I don't know. Seems like a good idea to me. You know, hopefully with our house churches, we're leaving a legacy with our people in our group, the other people in our group. We're leaving them a legacy of, of loving Jesus, loving God, loving each other. Um, I'm going to step out here for a minute and talk about, you know, that we have five, we currently have five house churches that are active. At Church on the Rock, um, they meet at various times and various locations with different sets of leaders. They, most of the groups don't have any overlap in terms of who who participates. Uh, each of the leaders, you know, are different. They have different giftings, different ways of teaching, different styles. So there's no two groups that are alike. <clears throat> I want to introduce the house church leaders. Um, go ahead and put up that, oh, it's up there. Um, if you've been here for more than a couple of months, you'll probably recognize these men and women even if you haven't, didn't know they were house church leaders because you'll probably seen them doing other things, leading and serving in, in Sunday school or working with the youth, serving as deacons, elders, tellers, ushers, you know, all the various things that we have going on. And I want to commend these folks to you, that these are folks who are, who are going hard after God, you know, and are, are trying to help lead others to God, lead others to that, you know, leave that legacy of loving God and loving others. Um, and they, they diligently work at bringing his kingdom to earth. Um, Tim and Anna Fetterman. Tim's here somewhere. There he is. Their group, their group meets on the first and third Wednesday nights here at the church. Gary and Bonnie Stebbins. Gary's in the back there. Um, their group meets on the first and third Thursday nights here at the church. Dan and Barbara Girdley, 
There they are. Um, their group meets on the first and third Sunday afternoons at their home in Melbourne Beach. Brian and Jennifer Johnston, they're here somewhere. There they are, Jennifer. Um, their group meets every Thursday. And my notes say Palm Bay, but now it's Grant, isn't it? Okay. Um, and then Connie and I lead a group um, that meets, we meet at the Dave and Stephanie Ewan's house in West Melbourne, because we recently moved to Grant. Um, I do want to take a minute just to say thank you to those folks. Thank you for, you know, for your commitment. Thank you. Thank you for the, the love you show to this body. Um, most of these folks have been house church leaders for a long time. have done it for a lot of years. Um, and I, I just, you know, as, as the elder responsible for house churches, I'm going to say it's not real hard <laughs> to oversee this, to oversee these groups. Um, in my view, the essence of our house churches is love and encouragement. I mean, that's at the heart of it. You know, and who amongst us doesn't want to be loved and encouraged? Amen. You know, I've been doing this for, you know, been involved with house churches or home groups or home fellowships or whatever term you want to use for probably 40 years, you know, most of my adult life. And the really cool thing about it to me is sometimes I get to receive the love and the encouragement, and sometimes I get to give the love and the encouragement. You know, we each have a role, and 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 house churches gives us an opportunity to to float back and forth between those two those two things, and that's the kind of legacy I want to be remembered for. That I've left behind a legacy of loving others, loving God, loving my family, following Jesus, and reflecting Him in everything I do. If you're not in a house church, I'd encourage you to, to check them out. Um, you know, visit any of them, visit all of them, find the one that best suits you, best suits your need. Again, they're, they're made up of different combinations of people and uh, they meet on different days at different places. Now, the one thing I will tell you is to be committed to one. Find one and, and stick to it and be committed to it because we have to be intentional. It's like we talked about, you have to be intentional with, your, with the kind of legacy you want to leave. You have to be intentional about going to house church because it's real easy to say, oh, I'm too tired tonight. You know, I had a hard day at work or, you know, I stubbed my toe and I can't go. Um, so find the one that suits you and will enable you to, you know, again, our, the, the verse out of Ephesians is about building God's house. And that's what we're trying to do. Build the body of God. Build the body of Christ here at Church on the Rock.
Now, before I before I end, I wanted I did want to say um, there's another um, Karina Picorni, and she texted me last night, or sent me an email last night, and said her kids are sick, so she wasn't going to be here. But she's interested in starting a mom's group um, to meet here on Saturdays a couple times a month to, you know, and assuming mostly young moms, but certainly some older moms would probably be helpful as well, um, to meet a couple times a month to talk, you know, to share some worship, to, to do some Bible study, to pray together. But she's wanting to know what the interest is. So if you're interested, reach out to her and let her know. Uh, let's go ahead and bring the, bring the band back up. And while they're coming back up, I want to pray, pray over this body. Uh, I want to pray out of Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 through 19. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people. It is comparably great power for those who believe. Amen. Amen.